thankful for that. But I want to take a look at, at Luke chapter nine, 19, excuse me, Luke 19. And uh, you just take your Bibles there and turn and we'll read a, a few verses. It's, it's uh, going to be right in the beginning of it, a familiar passage uh, looking at uh, Zacchaeus. And we might know of, of the account of Zacchaeus. And start in verse 1, Luke 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guests with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I had taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we again thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. We're thankful that we're able to come to your house to worship you, Father, to hear from your precious word, to look into your truth, Father. We do ask that uh, we would just set the distractions of this world aside for a little time as we just focus on, on your word. Father, hide me behind a cross. Give me the words to say. Remove the words that do not need to be said. We love you, and we ask all of this, your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. I just want to look, out, uh, or look at uh, being out on a limb and kind of looking again using Zacchaeus. And a lot of times being out on a limb kind of conveys the idea of, of some of it as a leap of faith or just kind of being out there. And also it can also refer to people who are willing to risk it all for what they believe is right. And uh, there are many examples in the Bible where man literally can be out on a limb on various things. And it's neat, again, looking at, in our account here, looking in Luke 19, how Zacchaeus knew that the Lord was to be coming by and made a way to be able to go and see. And uh, there are some other things. I want to look at some other people, and I'm just going to hit some high points on this, but uh, other people that have also reaped what they sowed and kind of the other things that they've done. But in Second uh, Samuel 18, uh, we look at Absalom. We can know again about his account and the, what he had done is very, uh, I guess, kind of a prideful man. And you can kind of see all of his, what had happened to him in his life where he went down, but he squandered his blessings. And it is very important that when we look at how God has blessed our life, that we don't take him for granted, that we are, are mindful of how God has blessed us and, and also let those blessings flow through us and back onto somebody else and, and, and not squander that. And it is sad to see how here in the, in the United States, 
this nation has been blessed. It truly is. And if anybody has traveled to other countries and kind of seen some of the conditions and whatever it might be, you really look at it, you look back like, man, you know, we got it going on over here in the United States. The Lord has blessed. And as although we can see also here the last decades how this nation is turning away from God and how we're forgetting God. And, and the amazing thing is, and I, I, love, I heard the expression, there's nothing new but the doers, but it kind of goes back to the word of God and that there's nothing new under the sun. It's just the people that have experienced it. For them, it's new, but the Bible is very clear. There's nothing new under the sun. And we need to know, and you had mentioned about history, and I was kind of the same way in learning and some of the things that you had mentioned about when you look at it, maybe you're going through school and whatever, but as afterwards, you start looking even further and it's like, man, do some research. I'm like, wow, how come I wasn't taught? Or maybe if I was taught, I just kind of glanced on it. But we need to know about our past. We need to look at things. And I'm, I'm praise the Lord that God has preserved his word that we can learn about the past and then how people have responded properly and improperly. And we ought to learn from their mistakes or even from their blessings and learn from that and then carry that forth and use that as an example. Uh, my dad, he's the oldest of, of his family. He's got three brothers and a sister. And him being the oldest, the others learned from his mistakes when he would get in trouble and everything else. And so kind of I'm the oldest of myself. And so I have another brother. And so he learned from my mistakes. And I'm definitely the kind of person that, you know, if somebody knows about a certain way to handle things or whatever i want to know about that and if it can avoid any pain for me or discomfort or whatever it might be okay let me let me know and then once i learn something i want to pass it on so that they don't have the discomfort and all that and god has you know put that in me for for the longest time and i always want to show others especially once i when i learn something okay this is what i learned this let me pass it on and pass that information on and so we can look again to Absalom. He squandered his blessings. He squandered his privilege. Again, he was a child of the, of the, of the king. You know, David, you know, it was the son. And so it is if we waste our privileges as Christians, we can be that wayward Christian. We can because it, it truly is amazing the privilege we have of prayer that we can go before the throne of God to bring a petition before him. And then we were, you know, it's great, again, on Wednesday nights, we do the same thing as far as taking prayer requests and praises. And that's another thing, too. We can have the prayer requests. We can have praises because it is neat to have something that you've been praying for. And then God blesses or answers that prayer or whatever it is, gives you the answer. Okay, praise the Lord. I don't have to, okay, that's another one off the checklist. Okay, let me add some more. This is great. But a wayward Christian, their prayer, their praise, they don't have the peace. It is awesome to have peace with God, that we can have that fellowship with God. But as a wayward Christian, there is no closeness with the Father as well. And you miss that. And so he squandered his privileges. He squandered his birthright. And we know about, first thing, every time I hear birthright, I think of Esau. Squandered that birthright. And so we, again, looking at Absalom, man, he squandered that. He could have been king someday. And he squandered it. He squandered all of that. And it is a Christian who has squandered the birthright, again, being a child of the king, being brought, you know, adopted into the family of God, that he would choose somebody like us to adopt us into the family. Man, it, it ought to humble us and allow our life to mirror and 
get aligned with his precious word so that we do that. And I know as, as being brought up, definitely by my, my parents, you know, they divorced when I was a kid. And so my mom was very strict. And so there was always rules. And then, so I always understood, here's some rules, here's some things, this is what I expect. It followed me. And then of course I went into the military. And to me, it just, it just clicked and it made so much sense. Here's the rules, here's the do's and don'ts, boom. And so when I got out and, and uh, I, I'm also, I'm 17 years of prayer for salvation. My dad and my stepmom prayed for me for 17 years. And I praise the Lord that they did not give up. Amen. So if you're praying for somebody and you're at 16, I was 17 years of prayer. I'm a product of that. I'm glad my, my dad and my stepmom did not stop praying for me. And, and so I just want to encourage you. Keep on keeping on, keep on praying, because it got to me, and I'm so thankful that God didn't, after the first time, I'm done with you, and just cast me away, but, and I'm, I'm also thankful, I look back, how there was always somebody in my life during that entire 17 years, give me a track, invite me to church, there was somebody always, I'm like, God, I would get frustrated, I'm like, stop it, but God was still lovingly sending somebody my way, because my dad and my stepmom were praying for me, and I, I, I'm so thankful for that. Again, looking at it, and then so after I got saved, and I started finding out about the Word of God, and I found out in the Word of God what to do, what, what not to do, what's expected. It, to me, it just made sense. Okay, this is what we do. And then when I found out about a Christian that wouldn't do that, or wouldn't follow a church member or whatever, I'm like, but the Bible says, what is wrong with you? Because <laughs> to me, it made sense for me to do it. And, and, and so I remember and a quick little thing on the, on the side note there. After I got out of the military, I was medically retired. I was like, hey, I don't have to cut my hair anymore because I saw a Christian musician had long hair. I'm like, cool. A Christian has long hair. I'm growing my hair. And so I let my hair flow. It was between my back. It was as far as that. And so when I would put it in a ponytail, it was about yay long. It, it, was, it was long. But one time, one night, the pastor was saying, hey, I'd like to have a husband and a wife come up and, or come to teach a, uh, a middle school class because now the kids were, they, they were growing up now. They were the elementary school, and then there was high school kids, but there was a big group of middle schoolers that had no place to be. They were too old for this group, too young for this group. And so I'm like, oh, man. So my wife and I, I think we've been saved maybe a year and so I'm like, hey, let's go. And so I asked the pastor afterwards, met with him in his office. He goes, come inside. And then he goes, opens up the Bible. He goes, let me ask you this. What if the kids ask you about long hair? I was like, what are you talking about? And then he showed me 1 Corinthians. And I'm like, whoa, I did not know that was in there. I'm like, he goes, well, that's my answer for you. I was like, okay. All right. All right. Thanks, pastor. And I went on. So that night I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. I'm like, hmm. Okay, so I was like, got my hair cut the next day, a Monday. And so I did not think of nothing of it. I came in on Wednesday night. Pastor was like, whoa. He was like, and he made, you, you, you cut your hair. I'm like, well, yeah, because the Bible says. I'm like, I didn't know it was there, but you pointed it out to me. And I'm like, oh, well, that's in there. Okay, I can either disobey or obey. I want to obey God. And so cut the hair. And so I didn't think nothing of it, like I was looking to look at me. I was just like, I did not know that was in there. So when I get shown some things, 
cool. Did you know this was in here? So, you know, I was like, sort of looking around. I was like, this is great. And so that kind of attitude, we ought to have that and, and get excited when we're reading the Word of God. We have a devotional where some preaching, you know, get some tapes or podcasts or something of a, of a preacher online. We're getting the Word of God. They're like, man, did you know this was in here? Share it with one another. We, it ought to be some excitement in our life. And again, as a, a Christian, we ought to be in the Word of God. And, um, and so, again, we look at Absalom, you know, squandering all of that. Then another person I want to look at is Judas. You know, he rejected forever the Son of God. Yeah. He was with Jesus Christ for three years there, watching the miracles, being part of it, and seeing everything. And, and yet, he rejected the call of God, yet still being there. And it definitely proves that just because people come to church does not mean that they truly accept the gift of salvation. They can just play the church, kind of know what to do. And it is, it is truly amazing how the world definitely has an idea of what a Christian should be. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> some of the people that are either claim to be Christian or are just play, uh, playing church, whatever, don't know what the Word of God says. We need to be in the Word of God and looking into it. Again, help us to guide us on, on our daily walk. We will never know everything, but we can know some things that God wants us to know. And it is found in the Word of God. And so as we're, we're going about, we ought not to get to the point in our lives where you can't tell me what to do. You know how old I am or whatever. We ought not to be a, a puffed up at, at all. We can always have room for improvement. We always have more to learn. Again, again kind of talking about the, the history. You know, the, the more you read, the more you learn, and it is neat. Even if, yes, okay, secular stuff, but more importantly, the Word of God. What does God say on the matter? That's what we need to help us. That will only help us here in the United, in the United States or this world in general, how to conduct our lives. And so, again, Judas, he rejected the call of God. And then also, he rejected the command of God. You know, Jesus' words had been preached around Judas for three years. And uh, if you think of, you know, he was there, John 3, 16. And, you know, then when that was said, and then John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And, man, to hear that, but yet not act on it. And it is a sad thing, but he was there day in and day out. Then also he rejected uh, the Christ of God, again, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, or excuse me, Judas turned back on, on, uh, on Jesus. He was closing the door on his own soul when he rejected him and sold him over, turned him over for 30 pieces of silver and betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, that he would betray the Lord Jesus Christ with a kiss and kiss him and uh, there's some things that you can kind of look at and like, how can people do this and do that? If they're far from God, their heart is not with God, they can do all unspeakable things. Right. And you can see the depravity of man that will come out. And again, the heart is desperately wicked. Right. Who can know it? Yeah. It is going to be there. So when someone says some things or it comes out, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, it's in there and it's going to come out whatever it might be. And so you can kind of see that again. So he rejected the Christ of God. And then we're going to go back. And the last point is looking back at Zacchaeus and receiving the Savior. 
He had a desire to see Christ. There was something that he longed to see with the Lord Jesus Christ. He had heard and his need to see the different accounts in the Gospels when somebody tries to see the Lord or, or they knew that, that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be passing by because the stories got to them, the accounts got to him or them so that they desired, like, I want to see uh, this Jesus of Nazareth that's walking by. And, and again, he had the desire to see him and uh, that, again, he is, the Lord Jesus Christ is the light. John 1, 9 that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Amen. Oh, man. And speaking of that verse, I remember seeing this little video clip uh, that is truly amazing. With, as scientists more and more start looking at, at cells and the, the fertilization of, of, of the sperm and the egg. And there is, they, they captured it on video. They can see when that egg is fertilized, there is a little burst of light that actually happens. And I'm like, man, as you can see the video, the evidence, I'm like, man, that verse right there, the true light that lighteth every man that comes in and just is a little quick flash of light. I was like, and they captured it. Uh, what an amazing thing how God has created that to create life. And again, kind of talking about how the expanding nurseries, it's, it's an amazing thing to have that. And what an exciting time for the young families. But again, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And then also he had a, a direct call from Christ. And that's how it is. John 6, 44, No man cometh unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. That again, that Holy Spirit does the, the, the wooing. And, and again, looking back, how after salvation that I looked back and God allowed me to see, that's why I kept sending people your way. You know, and when I look back, I'm like, wow, the neighbor. People are, you know, I'm always had somebody uh, witnessing to me and praying for me. And, and also, sad to say, if you have somebody in your life, a coworker, neighbor, even a family member, that likes to push your buttons just because you are a Christian, I was that kind of guy. I look back and, and what a wicked man I was that I went out of my way to try to once find out a person was a Christian. Oh. And I would go to push their people, the, the, the people's buttons to try to get them. And I'm so thankful that the Christians in my life never lost their testimony. Always had a smile, would always rebuke me in the Lord. And, and, uh, but it was such a rebuke that I would get frustrated and not, I'm like, ah, and I would walk away. But it, it was neat. Looking back at it, I'm like, Lord, thank you for allowing those people to have that kind of testimony that, Despite all of my efforts, I would never get a rile out of them. That they would just have a smile like, well, you don't know. And then just keep on keeping on doing their thing and continue to pray for me and all this. I'm like, oh, God is awesome. And uh, I love how God moves and, again, allowed me to see that. But um, and then also, again, that uh, there was a drastically changed life in Zacchaeus. It is truly amazing when the people that interact with the Lord Jesus Christ, how that life is transformed. Yeah, man, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That man, that is an amazing thing. How those the, the things are passed. When something's passed, we had a funeral, whatever. You know that person is passed. They're not coming back. That is it. It's passed. It's gone. 
and God, behold, all things are become new. You had old ways of doing things. And I remember that, that, uh, that night, it was a Sunday night when I got saved, March 7, 1999. I was still in the Navy at the time. And I remember coming in that Monday morning. First of all, Friday, I was telling some wicked sailor jokes. My vocabulary, because I was a sailor, I reveled in the, the idea of a sailor, the, you know, cuss like a sailor. That was me. The, the F word was all over the place. I started and just threw it in. I said things, looked to my shame. I'm like, man, how vile a person I was. But I didn't care who was around. If you got offended, that's on you. And, and I would, again, go out of my way. But that Monday morning, this one a gal, one of my coworkers, she saw me. And she kind of like, what happened to you yesterday? And I was like, I was like, girl, I got saved. <laughs> so evidently, something in my, my, my walk, my mannerism, I had a little extra bounce in my step. I knew where I was going. I knew where I was going to spend eternity. I didn't know. I thought I was just being my old self. But, and she was like, man, something's happened to you. What's going on? Share. I'm like, so I told her my testimony and how I got saved. She's like, man, I've been saved too. And so it was a great time. And my spirit bear witness with hers. And so it was an awesome time. And then I heard the jokes that were being told. Where Friday, I was telling myself, but I did not smirk. I found it vile. I was like, and I looked, I stood back. I'm like, man, God is amazing. I find that repulsive now. Where before, on Friday, I was doing all this stuff. And then my mouth, was, was my, my tongue had changed, and, but it was God doing it. And I'm so thankful how God moved in my life and started cleaning me up. Started, you know, again, setting me on that path and showing me what to do and not to do. And... And everything else, again, it's a drastically changed life. And so, again, I, I love 2 Corinthians 5, 17, because if a person truly is saved, there is going to be a change. There is going to be a difference in that person's life. And I'm so thankful for that. And then, uh, also, Ezekiel 36, 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put in, uh, within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. Man, again, God doing the changing. That stony heart where, you know, again, before you were just so hard, hearted to the things of God. But, man, God moving and changing your life. And so where are we tonight? As I wrap this up, but which limb are we out on? Are we out of fellowship with the Father? Is our life living as such that, you know what? I've been neglecting doing things of God. I've been stepping away. God wants me here, and I just keep stepping over here. I keep stepping over here. I know what I'm supposed to do, but we just, I just keep stepping out. Where are we? And I'm so thankful that God continues to woo us back so that all we have to do is repent. And he's right there waiting for us, you know, encouraging us to come back. Or our, our, our lives like Judas, that we're in danger of rejecting Christ and being forever lost. Again, it's, it is amazing that we can't tell in the outward appearance who's saved and who's not. So even in our church over there, I know that from examples at the previous church where I was at down in Oklahoma, we had a deacon and a treasurer. He was in his, I think, early 70s, thought he was saved, serving in the church, being a deacon and everything, had a stroke. And then while he was there in, in bed, Half his body paralyzed, he was looking up, and the Holy Spirit said, you're not saved. You've just been playing church all these years. So he got right and, and repented and, and got saved that night. And he gets told, he's always says, 
I'm, I'm thankful for my stroke because it allowed me to see my need of a Savior. And so you never know. I said, well, he's been in church for, you never know. Because he, he was always told, you're a good boy, you're a good boy, you're, you're good, you're good. And never accepted. So I always give the gospel message and an invitation. Again, we don't know who's saved. But, again, are you in danger of rejecting the Christ? Or are you like Zacchaeus? You're going out of your way to get to God and want to serve God. And so where are we tonight and which limb are we on? And I always like to give an invitation. And so as, as I wrap this up, uh, you do business with God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And where, are your, where is your walk? How are you dealing with things? And uh, let God move and let's, let's go ahead and have a time of invitation. Uh, Lord, dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you again uh, just for th this message here, again, for the examples that you show from your precious word. And, Father, that you uh, allow us to do business with you. We love you, and we ask all of this, your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ.